For the King Listeners. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Those bullfrogs in the summer when you're outside. I was thinking of an owl. Ooh, ooh. Do what? I was thinking of an owl. Oh, an owl? An owl. Ooh. <laughs> owl is a weird word. Owl. Okay. Anyways, um... Yeah, so we are continuing on our Christology. Christology. Dive deep. <laughs> and today, we will be entering the domain of the offices of Jesus that he fulfills for us. That we need. We need. He has to be these things or he's not Jesus. He's not Christ. He's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah. If he's not these things. So we already talked about that he's pre-incarnate. He has to be that or he's not Christ. It's a different Christ. He is um, the incarnate Christ. He has to be incarnate, or he's not. He's not the Messiah. He's not Christ. Um, and then now we're going to get into um, the prophet, priest, and kingliness of Jesus. So today we will talk about Jesus as prophet. Prophet. Yes. He prophets us by prophesying. Oh, he does. That's good. The that's words good. of the Lord. It's good. I forget what that's called. Candace was telling me when a word sounds the exact same, but it means something completely different, like prophet and prophet. Like gaining a prophet versus a prophet that speaks on behalf of God, you know? I forget what that's called, you know? Phonotic. Are you serious? Symbiosis. <laughs> okay. I'm that's, that's I have no clue. Okay, so let's get into the text. So join us today as we talk about Jesus as our prophet, our great prophet, the final word, the final prophet, the final word from God. Let's begin in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, which is quoted in the New Testament. So we're going to start here because this is the prophecy about Jesus as this prophet that's going to come. This is what um, is said um, to Moses. Deuteronomy 18, 18. I will raise up for them, the people of Israel, a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So we have a ton of verses of Jesus saying, uh, I am only speaking the words my Father has given me. So th- this is, again, it's who the Father has given Jesus the words, these things to say. So where is this um, verse that is obviously talking about this great prophet to come? It's not fulfilled in any of the Old Testament prophets. We never have a fulfillment in it. When is it finally fulfilled? Well, if we go to uh, Acts chapter 3, when Peter, at right after Pentecost, is proclaiming the gospel to Jews and pagans and all sorts of people. Um, what does he say, Bryce? Can you please tell me? Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> just super formal. I'm actually going to start back just to help give us a little bit more context. But in uh, Acts chapter 3, um, Peter is speaking at Solomon's portico. And I'm going to start in verse uh, 17. And uh, Peter says this, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, and your 
uh, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for the restoring for restoring all all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And here we get into Peter quoting what Rocky just read. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to, to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Nice. Yeah, so Peter is saying that this directly applies to Christ. Obviously, as our you know normal Christian evangelical context, we automatically read Deuteronomy 18 and 18, and we automatically think of Jesus, but we need to discover that the riches of the New Testament writers are constantly pointing back that these things are being fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So uh-huh. Peter is directly correlating this to who Jesus is um, and, and and in Jesus' ministry for what Moses was writing about long ago. And in fact, he says that Moses and all the prophets had the suffering Christ in mind. And he actually says that again later on in Second Peter. He says that yeah. the prophets pondered uh, those things in their hearts and they... Uh, Look forward to the suffering Christ. Yeah. And we can even go to, uh, at the end of, what is it, Luke chapter... Um, sorry, Luke chapter 24, I think. My bad. Uh, yeah, 24 on the road to Emmaus. He, he, he opens these guys' minds. Um, um, he says... Oh, man. Oh, oh, foolish ones, uh, 25, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So there's another parallel verse about that. Yeah. Good? And, oh, yeah. And maybe as a little caveat, this is what we call, um, theologically, this is called a typology and all that means is this, that that word type comes from typos, which is a, the Greek word used in Romans 5, where Adam is the type of the one who was to come being Christ. But all that means is that there is um, kind of a shadow in the Old Testament, and you see the fulfillment of it in the New. So the yeah. prophets, right, these are types, um, these are shadows, but the substance belongs to Christ. The complete fulfillment of it belonged to Christ. Um, exactly. So do you want to read Hebrews 1 and kind of exactly. unpack so, that a little bit more? Yeah, another... Another parallel verse we have um, to that the the Acts one about Peter talking about this fulfillment uh, of Moses, and then also at the end of Luke, how all the prophets from Moses onward were talking about Jesus. This is what uh, the writer of Hebrews says long ago in verse one, and we read this for the the pre incarnate Christ as well because it goes right into it. <laughs> um, Prize is being weird. Uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, Moses and onward. Um, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, 
whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Verse 2. So, very simple. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. So, like, he used to speak to us. He would send prophets. He sent all sorts of prophets. But in these last days, he has sent Jesus, the final and ultimate prophet. I think that's really all I have to say about that. It's very clear. Yeah. So, now that we have labored this point some of fulfillments of that Deuteronomy 18.18, let's see how that, um, although not, like, literally... um, uh, quoting that verse where it talks about Jesus as a prophet and who he thought he was. So let's just do a few of those verses first, then we'll end in John, which is like the most explicit. Yeah. So one of those verses is found in Luke 13, uh, verse 33. And this is uh, Jesus is essentially just weeping over Jerusalem and their rebellion, or the Pharisees' rebellion against uh, God. And he says in Luke thirteen thirty three, Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. And then, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Um, and again, that's Jesus identifying himself as a prophet, the one who speaks from God. And just as the prophets were killed by the Pharisees and the Jews throughout history, again, all these things typologically are ramping up to Christ, Christ's fulfillment. And like you said in Acts chapter 3 um, and in Second Peter, the, they, the prophets pondered these things that would happen to the suffering Christ, the suffering Savior. So it's all being ramped up in Christ. So that Jesus is identifying himself with that as yeah. prophet, and the prophet is the one who suffers by Jerusalem's hand. Always, always. Which then leads into the next verse of prophets always suffer at the hands of their own people. Jesus says when he's rejected in Nazareth, his hometown, it says, you know, Jesus had just finished teaching a parable. Coming to his hometown in verse 54, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty words? Is not this, um, the carpenter's son, is not his mother called Mary, and are not his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas, are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. So, all the, the prophets of old understood this, that it was always their own people that rejected them and would persecute them. Like, we see this happening all throughout the Old Testament with all the prophets, um, you know, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, um, Moses, even the people reject him at some points too. his leadership. Um, and that always happens. And Jesus is no different, especially as, um, the ultimate prophet, the one that was, um, predicted and prophesied to come. Even he thinks of himself as, you know, a pro like one of the being named among those prophets that were also not accepted in their own hometown among their own people. So that's Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 through 57. Okay. Good? Yeah. Um, Anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we got to remember that prophets always did miracles as well. This is characteristic of prophets. Um, and Jesus, they see him doing these signs and wonders, and they always, like, they marvel at him. Um wow, this guy must be a prophet. And we'll see that here in this John verse. Yeah, it's a way they authenticated their message. Exactly. That's you know, When a prophet came with a message that was true prophecy, it would be authenticated through uh, signs and wonders. 
So, uh, you know, we have Jesus uh, making himself equal with God in chapter 5 in, in John. Um, and at the end of chapter 5, he says this, um, basically condemning the Pharisees and the Jews. Uh, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Again, saying, you, the scriptures point to Jesus the whole time, like at the end of Luke 24. And prophets are always persecuted because the people reject God's word. Uh, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. There it is. Verse 39. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not, I do not receive glory from people. But I uh, know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. The people of God have always hoarded themselves away with false prophets rather than the true prophets. Right. Um, so how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I uh, will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you. Moses already does. Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote of me. Deuteronomy 18.18. Yeah, like I, Moses was writing about Jesus. Uh, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And, and something very important about the book of John is he labors on and on and on to prove to his audience that Jesus is uh, what can be seen as the great revelator. He's revealing the glory of the Father. Um, and that's why it says in, in uh, John chapter 1, verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Yep. You can't see without light. It doesn't matter how well your eyes work. If you're in darkness, you're not going to see anything, right? Yeah. So a prophet is someone who's coming to enlighten um, the people. And so, uh, a good uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says this in his, uh, his book, Great Doctrines of the Bible. Um, he says, which is, they're actually were lecture series. He says, so the prophet is a man who has been given a message by God to pass on to men and women for their instruction and enlightenment. So Jesus was coming to reveal to these people who the Father actually was. And that's why in uh, John fourteen six Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So you can't even know the Father apart from the Son. Um, and that's, a, that's being testified all throughout the book of John. And the words that Jesus speaks has been given to him by God the Father. And that's why he says in John 12 verses 29 through 50 it says for i have not spoken on my own authority but the father who sent me has given me a commandment what to say and what to speak again this shows jesus as giving the words of god he's revealing who the father is and i know that his commandment is is eternal life what i say therefore i say as the father has told me um and he again says later on um Sorry, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 10, which is uh, pretty close after he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. He says, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. And again, it's Jesus as revealing the glory and riches and excellencies of the Father, right? Jesus is the great revelator. And that's what it means for him to be a prophet. The prophets reveal judgment to those who are perishing, 
And he also reveals tremendous grace to those who are being saved. They they get to, you know, appreciate. Well, that's a tough word. They get to bask in the glory of who the Father is more by the prophets because yeah. they reveal the words of God. That's yeah. why they say, "Thus saith the Lord." Right? They the Jews constantly would understand that this is God speaking. Um, and and when you read uh, Deuteronomy thirteen and eighteen. The way you know if a prophet is a false prophet is whether or not their prophecies come true or not. Yeah. And lo and behold, Jesus's have come true because yeah. his are the very word of the Father. He predicts his own death. We, exactly. Um, Jesus says, like, you tear down this temple, I'll raise it up again in three days. Jesus was, he prophesied future events. He taught people about God and he performed miracles. These are the three things that every prophet does. Yeah. Um, and also one note about John 1 real quick. He says, just, you know, the what John is trying to articulate to us. Uh, when they come to John the Baptist and they say, they say, who are you? And verse 20 of chapter 1, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Then they say, are you the prophet? Not like a prophet, because obviously John the Baptist is a prophet. Are you the prophet? Like, they had a category. They knew, to the Deuteronomy 18, 18, they had not seen that prophet yet. They were looking for They him. were looking for him. The Christ, the Messiah. And then he answers, no. So they said, who are you? And then he says, I'm the one crying out in the wilderness. I'm that. I'm that prophet, yeah. but I'm not the prophet. I'm Isaiah 40, not, exactly. not Deuteronomy 18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah. I think that was cool. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, um, yeah, I... Again, it's just tremendously eye-opening when you read through the book of John and realize how much Jesus alludes himself to being light. Like John eighteen twelve, he says, I am the light of the world. Yeah. Right? He's revealing and opening the eyes of the people. And John the Baptist prepared that way. Um, yep. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Yeah. Right? John chapter 1. Um, and John 1, 18 says, uh, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's right hand. He has made him known. Um, and that's the son, again, incarnating himself, coming into the world, and being the image of the invisible God. Yeah. Now we can know. And that's why it says in, in 1 Corinthians 1 that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is essentially the wisdom of God. It's not something that was produced. He is God himself. It's God incarnate. So he's revealing and manifesting the glories of God um, to the people. And... I think that's very important when we look at the prophetic office of Christ because he's the last one. He's the last prophet. He's the last one. He's given the final verdict and the final words of God. And that's why uh, we look to no other. We look to Christ and Christ alone. The prophets bore witness about him, and he's come, and he's been the last speaker. Um, and he's spoken through his apostles yeah. and the written word of God. Um and I think that's a very important piece for us to understand because we're not looking for any other prophets. We're not looking for any other word of God. Um, yeah. He's the final word. Yeah. So real quick uh, question that the listeners might be having, Bryce, um, since we're going to – usually we just talk at the microphone and you guys listen to us. But uh, now I can actually maybe do a little more like question answer kind of thing. 
because uh, I imagine people have this question, like, what about the prophets we see in Acts that come afterwards? Or the prophets like uh, Paul the Apostle or John writing Revelation well after Jesus dies, you know? Yeah. The prophets already, you know, Jesus is apparently the last prophet. That's what it says in Hebrews. It says he's, the, in these last days he's spoken to us through Jesus. And in Hebrews, that was written after Jesus died and was ascended. So how do we make sense of that? Yeah. So ultimately, I would say when it says in Ephesians 2.20 that the church is built upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles, Uh the reason they're called apostles, so you have two different categories of apostles. You have apostles of Christ, which are the 12 plus Paul, and you have the apostles of the church, which another way we can understand that is just missionary. Yeah. Missionaries who are sent out by the church. So the apostles of the of, of Christ is the one that's really being uh, focused in on there on Ephesians 2.20. So Christ told his apostles that they could not bear the things now. It's in uh, John chapter 16, which you guys should study for, uh, John chapter 14 and 16 when it comes to this. That they couldn't bear the things now because the spirit has not been given yet. Because Christ had not... Um, shed his blood and ascended at the right hand of the Father and the Spirit has not proceeded to the believers. So there's a reason why it says the Spirit of Christ dwells in people and in the apostles. And the reason for that is because he spoke through his apostles. Yeah. Right? The Holy Spirit carried along the apostles. Uh, he carried along men as they wrote sacred scripture. So first off, I would just answer that. The apostles wrote on behalf of God, on yeah. behalf of Christ specifically. And... You know, when you read their words, their words are conform- confirming and looking back to Jesus's life and ministry, not looking forward to anything new. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing and, new. All yeah. the all the prophets of old were always looking towards Christ, but now the um, all the epistles, the book of Hebrews, Revelation, all that right. is looking back at the cross and the fulfillment of that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And for the the case with the members of uh, with the prophets in Acts, which actually aren't pretty bountiful, there's really just a couple instances that you have with like Agabus and uh, uh-huh. other people. I I actually, and maybe you have some better thoughts on this. The way I think about that is I uh, talk, I speak of it as the end of the Jewish age still being in that transition of of, of washing away. And the the writer of Hebrews talks about this that. Um, that is passing away. That Jewish age is passing away, and we're waiting for it to yeah. uh, finally pass away. And, and the way that that occurs is at the destruction of the Jerusalem Temple in AD 70, which is what the book of Revelation is writing and talking about. Uh, the ones who have killed the prophets and the apostles and, the, uh, and martyred them. Yeah. Um, so once the, the, the destruction of, the, of Jerusalem in AD 70, you pretty much have the Jewish uh, aeon, pretty much ceasing at that point yeah so christ is the last and final prophet but there is a transition period between the age of the church and yeah and that sounds really dispensational but i'm not a dispensationalist. <laughs> it's fine um we're trying our best i yeah i would that, yeah, i would agree with all that it seems like this is um every time you have god's word coming a prophet coming with god's word there's always like a bunch of miracles happening all around the place yeah. like um we read that like in the time of Moses, we see a bunch of miracles. And then all of a sudden we get to, um, like David was a prophet, but he wasn't performing crazy amounts of miracles and all this stuff. Like, you know, hitting, killing Goliath with the stone, there was probably some kind of miracle involved there, but not like on the level Moses was doing, like splitting the sea. And then it kind of goes down. Right. And then we have this little pivotal pivotal time with Elijah and Elisha and all that. And all of a sudden it's like spikes back up. And then you have Ezekiel and Jeremiah and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like, 
like what you're saying, these different ages of like really critical points of human history, God like lights it up because the word's going forth with uh, signs and wonders. Yeah, I don't know if I would describe it exactly like all that. Um, what do you mean? I mean the the covenant of the Jews was passing away, and the covenant of the Jews was uh, they had their priests and their prophets. Uh-huh. Um, and their king, which they declared in, in Matthew, was actually Caesar. But um, that was passing away. I think that's what the book of Hebrews is writing about. It's writing about the passing away of the Jewish uh, period. And Paul, who I think is the writer of Hebrews, is giving an exposition of Psalm 110. Yeah, well, th- that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. The last time that God's wor- word is going forth, I think I'm just, like it, then, yeah. just like it has throughout history, whenever God's word is going forward... Okay. It's always accompanied by miracles to like to verify the word going forward. Sure, yeah, I see. So I'm saying like this is the final word that the, the the Jewish eon of God's word coming to the prophets and going forth. Jesus is that final word. So now as the prophets go out, like like Paul the apostle was doing miracles and Peter's doing miracles right. and there's these other Christians that are randomly doing miracles too as it confirms the word and I then see what it you're ends. Saying. Yeah. And then it ends. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, yeah. I didn't see how you were, I didn't see you connect that with the New Testament and then Yeah, that's yeah, what that, I was trying that to makes sense. I see what you're saying, yeah. So yeah, that is when we mean Jesus is the final prophet, we mean all of the apostles that wrote scripture, all that stuff, they're bearing witness about the final prophet. They're not like prophesying about any new thing. They're just confirming all of the prophecy that's wrapped up in Christ. And that's the end of John chapter 16, which I was getting into is um, Christ is saying that the spirit will, uh, you know, there's that one verse, the spirit will lead you into all truth. Yeah. That was written specifically for those apostles. That's not something that was directed towards all Christians. We have application from that. Yeah. But what he's getting at is the spirit himself will lead you into all truth, you apostles, yeah. so that you can infallibly and inerrantly and authoritatively and sufficiently write the words of God. Yeah. Which Peter declares in his epistle was was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's a pretty good way to understand that, honestly. Yeah, okay, cool. So I guess um, one more thing from the book of John. Uh, after Jesus is in chapter 5 talking about, if you believe Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Uh, um, chapter 6 is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. And they say, you know, Jesus like gathers the loaves and all that stuff, and they fill all the baskets afterwards with all the leftovers and it says when the people saw the sign that he had done this these signs and wonders they said this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world so jesus had just said at the end of chapter five talking about moses wrote of me you guys should believe in me and then it says after this jesus immediately goes to the other side of the galilee of people that were probably listening and they followed him there and then he feeds them and they're like oh this is the deuteronomy eighteen eighteen prophet this is the prophet remember the prophet in um, at the beginning of John, when they're asking John the Baptist, "Are you the prophet?" They're still looking for him. And after they see Jesus feed five thousand people with the loaves of bread and the fish, they say, "Wow, this is indeed the prophet. Mm. This is the final prophet." Yeah. So then again, Moses. Um, well, actually, let me let me let me wait to do that. So then Jesus walks on water. So we're getting this imagery of in Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen. It says that there will be a prophet that's like Moses, but even better than he is. So how is Jesus like Moses? Well, he walks on water. He has power over the water, just like Moses. 
split the uh, split the sea, obviously from God's power, but Jesus is likening himself to Moses and he's feeding the people like the manna. And this is what he says uh, in chapter later in chapter six when Jesus is talking about how he's the bread of life. After he feeds them, he teaches them about what is truly being understood there about Jesus's abundance and feeding people. He says. Um, in verse 30, so they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives you life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. So, how is Jesus um, like Moses? He's the manna thing. He's feeding the people. He has, he's splitting the sea. He's walking through the sea, splitting it, walking on water. You know, he's the prophet, teaching the people. Like, John is laboring that motif of like, he's going to be like Moses, but he's going to be even better and different in the final one, the best one, the one that has the very words of God on his lips at all times. Yeah. So, yeah, does that wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, can I read another Martin Lloyd-Jones? Yeah, go for it. The way Martin Lloyd-Jones ends his chapter on Jesus as the prophet is actually really awesome. He says, We cannot and we must not forget that our blessed Lord and Savior is a prophet. As a prophet, he has brought the light and knowledge into this world which it lacked. He alone can lead us to God and give us the knowledge of God which we desire. It is he who finally brings all knowledge and instruction to those lost in the ignorance and darkness of sin. Wow. And I think that's a really good, really good quote. Yeah. Jesus is our light. We find light nowhere else. Jesus is the word of God. And by him is displayed all the riches and excellencies of God the Father. And if we want to be in deep communion and fellowship with God, we need Christ as prophet. If there's no prophet, there's no word from the Father. If there's no word from the Father, then we don't know how to get to the Father. Yeah. And that's exactly that's the glory of the gospel. The gospel is a revelation by the prophet of what he will come to do to save his people. If Jesus is a prophet, we have no salvation. Yeah. Exactly. That's why all this is foundational. So think about where we've been so far. The pre-incarnate Christ. Does he reveal God to us? No. He just is God pre-eternally existing. Does the incarnate Christ reveal God to us? No. He could have just closed his mouth his whole life. Uh, Does Jesus as king reveal God to us? No. Kings aren't made to teach. They're made to lead. You know, does Jesus as a priest... Reveal God to us. No, they were the mediator and substitutionary atonement sacrifice part of the covenant. So Jesus as prophet is literally like, when we say that Jesus came and made the Father known to us, that's what we mean. Jesus is our prophet. The prophets were the ones who made God known. Would we know anything about God if Moses, David, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zechariah, Habakkuk, all these guys. I mean, I I can't just list them all off. I don't know. But if they didn't write down what God said, would we know anything about God besides the natural law part? Which is very, very limited number of things. It's divine attributes and eternal power. 
Yeah. And it's like, would we know anything about God besides that? No, we have, God uses prophets to reveal himself to us. He uses the mouths right. of men. And um, we would Jesus... Sorry. Uh, that, just my point is Jesus is that final incarnate God-man that truly makes the Father known to us because he was still shrouded in mystery. Right. And the mystery throughout the ages and the fullness of time, like we talked about when Jesus comes as incarnate, the fullness of time reveals the mystery of the purposes of God to us. And Jesus is the only prophet that ever did that. And that's why he's much better than Moses. Even with yeah. Moses, it was clouded in mystery and God couldn't see... Um, Sorry, Moses couldn't see God truly. He had to pass by him and look away. And yeah. it, it, like, you know what I mean? Like, and yet Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father for all eternity. Yeah, right. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's right hand. Yeah, he has made him known. Yes, exactly. And that's how Jesus is infinitely better. He's the best he's prophet. Eternal. He's yeah. the best prophet because he's the only one. Like Moses was one of the best prophets because he like was really close to God, like closer than most humans ever have. And, and, and now we're even closer than Moses now in Christ. Jesus is that close to God that when he puts his Holy Spirit in us, yeah, we're even closer than Moses was when he saw God's glory face to face. And think about this too. The same Yahweh that spoke to Moses in the burning bush is the same Yahweh who spoke in Christ. Yeah. Right? Jesus is Yahweh. Exactly. He's Yahweh in the flesh. And that is a beautiful image that we see right there. That's how Jesus is infinitely, infinitely, infinitely better yeah. than Moses. Yeah. Um, and in one sense, it's kind of a detriment to the podcast that we're isolating and having these all on one um, episode because Jesus fulfills... Again, don't isolate these. Jesus fulfills all these things. This is what we're highlighting, the person of Christ. Yeah. So Jesus though, is all of these exactly. things. And even though Jesus is infinitely better than Moses as prophet, he's not just a prophet. Yeah. And that's the glories of the gospel. Jesus is not only the prophet, he's the king. Yeah. He's the priest. He's the incarnate Yahweh. He's the pre existent Yahweh. Yeah. And we're going to keep going on and on. Jesus yeah. is awesome. He it is sounds the king. Exactly. It sounds so good. We're going to end with king, by the way, because it's for the king podcast. Yeah. We'll end with king. But, like, <laughs> You know, whenever we when we're talking about this, it seems really triumphant and victorious right now. It's like, wow, Jesus is our prophet. But it's like, if he's just prophet and he's not the priest, there's no sacrifice for our sins, and he can reveal God to us all he wants. But if he reveals God to us that he's holy and sovereign, and we're not, and he doesn't die for our sins, then we're still we're still done for. So it seems good. It's like, wow, Jesus is the best prophet. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us. But it's like, if Jesus isn't priest, it's still game over. If he isn't the pre-incarnate God, it's still game over. If he's not the incarnate God, it's game over. And if he's not king, it's game over. If he's just prophet, then he's actually nothing. Which is why he has to be all of these. Jesus does all of this for us. He literally brings us to the Father in every way imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a good point? Yeah. Great point. Super applicable, too. Yeah. Because the we have the words of this great prophet. Exactly. Okay. Any last thoughts? No, all good. Okay. Fun episode. Fun episode. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Check out the website. Um, send an email if you want to talk about anything that we've been uh, discussing. Uh, would love again con- the continued support is great. Um, please, Actually, le- please leave a rating and review. What? Maybe I have one more point. 
Sure. If any, Are you serious after yeah, all that? I know, I know. I was like sorry, halfway sorry, done. Sorry, sorry, Anybody out there who does think that prophecy still is in existence, that's that's fine. You can think that. Um, I, I would just disagree with you, but that's that's okay. You can think that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you do believe that prophecy still exists, it cannot be on the same level of Jesus as the final prophet. It cannot be as authoritative as Jesus and his words. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the last point of application. If you do believe that, I mean, ultimately it should be as equally authoritative, and I think that's a inconsistency with, with the position. But yeah. um, you can't put it on the same level because God declares that he is the final prophet. Yeah. Um, and his words are the words of life because he is the ramped up version of Moses. So, so yeah, I think maybe that's one another yeah, Jesus is our final prophet. Yeah. And if you ever think, if you ever think or hear or whatever a word from God, somebody tells you they have a word from God that does not match up with the person of Christ and attacks the Christology of Jesus, there's an issue. Yeah. I think the best quote on that is from John Owen. He says, if we have a word from God um, and it is, uh, if we have a word from God and it is not in agreement with scripture, it's useless and if it is in agreement with scripture it's needless because we already have the scriptures um, i think that's just an uh, interesting point of quote but. exactly yeah it's either whatever you hear it's either going to agree with the scriptures or not agree yeah so yeah that's that's a great quote okay anything else dude because i'm gonna wrap this bad boy up i'm done you have to be somewhere too yeah i know i, I got it took so long it's okay you just kept you just kept yapping oh oh that's kind of awkward yikes well let me try again Visit the website at ForTheKingPodcast.com. <laughs> Don't you dare. If you have any inquiries or thoughts, email me at for, uh, ForTheKingPodcast at gmail.com. Um, love the support, guys. Appreciate the support. Um, leave a rating and review if you would feel so inclined. That helps out the search engine optimization. Share the podcast. I had a buddy this week said that he was on a run and loved uh, one of the podcasts that he was listening to from us. and um, He shared it on his little Strava running app. and uh, really appreciate that, AJ. Shout out to you. Uh, love you, brother. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Love you so much, man. Really appreciate that. So yeah, um, be like AJ. Share the podcast. Um, help it grow. If you if you like yeah if you like the podcast, please share. It. I would love for more people to hear the content if you think it's actually good. Guys, Rocky really needs money. Bryce, please don't bring please that up every give time. Him money. I don't need money. Don't you don't feel inclined to give money. Bryce is help, messing with me on help it. Help him, please. Okay, I think that's all I had to say. Um, check out the website, guys. I got a lot of resources on there. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I just want people to look at the stuff and just say, yay or nay, you know? Yeah. But uh, for those of you that have looked, appreciate it so much. So thanks for listening, guys. As always, this is the For the King podcast, and we do it all for the king. <laughs> <laughs>